Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. It's time for Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, brought to you by PSENG. Now, here's Lance Meadow. Pepsi Giants Extra Point is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Citizens is made ready for Giants fans. Energy efficiency for game time at any time, brought to you by PSENG. Visit riverspringlivinggoblue.org to learn about River Spring Residences, a new built, newly built memory care community in Riverdale. Bigelow Tea, grab a mug and tea proudly. American-made Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com for a dealer near you. Hackensack Meridian Health. Keep getting better. And brought to you by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Giants. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you, recapping the Giants' 31-18 loss to the Lions here at MetLife Stadium as the Giants fall to... 7-3 overall, 4-2 and two at home. The Lions were having one of the best seasons in terms of red zone efficiency at 70% coming in, fifth overall in the NFL, and they picked up exactly where they left off as they were able to punch it in time after time. Four touchdowns and five opportunities. They scored a field goal on the one that they missed out on a touchdown. And Carl, this was really the first time that we saw the Giants face a sizable deficit for the majority of the game. And you see the numbers where Daniel Jones had to throw the ball well over 40 times. The recipe for success this year had been pounding the ball and really the flip side, run it 40 and have sure. Daniel throw in that 30 barometer. Yeah, and I, I think Daniel Jones, as you can see, is capable of throwing the football. He had a couple of interceptions. But the issue is you're not built as a team to win that way because – the offensive line struggled. The interior of the offensive line struggled, uh, which wouldn't allow you to run, you know, to throw the ball in a traditional on your own terms type of 30, 40 times a game. You know, he's moving around. Um, Lemieux struggled. Um, Pert, end up, Pert ends up in the game. They just, you know, they just did not have any cohesion. And with respect to the offense, you knew once they fell behind, as Carl was talking about, Bob, this was really the first test, I think, that we saw whether or not this is going to be a flash or is this going to be maybe a sign of trouble moving forward, especially now that they're going to start playing four straight divisional teams. Can they handle circumstances where it's not a neck-and-neck game like we've seen throughout the course of this year? Well, they're not built to come from big deficits because they don't have really any receivers that – you know, they don't have any high-end receivers. I mean, Darius Slayton has become a very good player for the Giants, and Wandale Robinson had 100 yards today. But, you know, it's 
They don't have somebody that's going to take the top off of defense. And just, but it's not even that. Slayton can give you some of that, but you can't protect well enough for any of that stuff to develop. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, all right, you can run a great double move and get deep, but if the quarterback's getting flushed out of the pocket and all that. And listen, this team's predicated on the run, and they were unable to run the ball against a team that, you know, through their first nine games was second to last in the NFL in stopping the run. Yeah, you know, to that point, Bob, Lance, I think there was a miss. Because if a team wants to commit and they want to legislate against Saquon Barkley or any traditional um, running back plays, the RPO is designed to pull a guy out of the box. Uh, We saw early in the game where Daniel Jones would hand the ball off, run to the edge, check. There was no one ever there. And so I thought they should have been mixing that in, the run, the quarterback run, just so that they could get keep their offense in rhythm, number one. Number two, uh, to take a man out of the box that will allow Barkley to really um, start to get some type of movement against their, their defense. Tough trending for Saquon Barkley, 15 carries for 22 yards. More often than not, running pretty much into a brick wall up yeah. the gut that the Detroit Lions presented. That is today's game breakdown. It's brought to you by your local Ford stores. Visit buyfordnow.com for the official vehicle of the New York Giants. A reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live is the Giants Daily Call-In Show on Giants.com every weekday at 12.30 p.m. All part of the Giants Podcast Network. The archives can be found on the Giants mobile app and on all popular podcast platforms. Giants fall to the Lions 31-18 here at MetLife Stadium. We'll step aside, come back. We're going to hear from Brian Dable, get some player reaction, and a quick turnaround for the Giants. They're playing on Thanksgiving in Big D. All that and more coming up as we move along here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point. You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Brought to you by PSENG. Rita to the left of Jones, first and goal at the three. Jones takes the snap, gives it to Rita, up the middle and in for the touchdown. Matt Breida's first touchdown. And that brings us to the Giants Power Report, brought to you by PSENG, committed to providing safe, reliable energy now and in the future. Giants ran the ball 26 times for 89 yards. Breida, three for 13, but... Despite the fact that they did have two rushing scores, Daniel Jones had the other. The fact that they were playing from behind for the bulk of this game forced them to lean on the pass, and ultimately it was the Lions victorious 31-18 over the Giants as we welcome you back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you. Our very own John Schmelk awaiting Brian Dable at the podium as he will address the media. And, John, this was really the opposite of last Sunday against the Houston Texans because the two categories that we focused on coming out of that game was the Giants won the turnover battle, they were opportunistic in the red zone, and they kept the Texans out of the end zone in that area. Well, today you have the Lions go 4-for-5 four in the red zone, and Detroit had three takeaways. So, really, the opposite script from a week ago. Yeah, Lance, you hit it. Heading into this week, the Giants were plus 4 in turnover ratio, top 10 in the league. Uh, they've played great situational football all year, whether it's third down defense or red zone defense. And those are two things that failed them today. And look, teams are going to come out. They're not going to play their best football um, during games during the season. This is one of those for the Giants. And, you know, 
we talk about their formula for winning, running the ball, and all that stuff, but they've also just played a very sound brand of football all year without turning the ball over, without beating themselves. And while Carl made the point all game, and I agree with him that the Lions that outplayed the Giants in this game, the Giants helped. You know, if you turn the ball over three times in a game, the odds of you winning are extremely small. And that's what happened in this game, and it's something that the Giants haven't done all year long, which is why they were 7-2 heading into this game and, and why they picked up the loss today. Two Lions touchdowns followed yep. two of those takeaways, so that was significant. You look at one interception, three plays, 18 yards. Lions had an extremely short field, and then the fumble at the end set up a four-play, 33-yard touchdown drive. So absolutely in terms of gifts with respect to field positioning. And the other thing, as I bring Bobby Carl back into the conversation, we'll await word from Brian Dable down at the podium. They had seven penalties, guys, at the half. And they wound up finishing with eight. So you could argue, Carl, the second half was a little bit cleaner. But the first half penalties, they came across the board. Special teams, offense, you name it. And here's where third and manageables become third and longs. And fourth down opportunities all of a sudden become more challenging. You continue to shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah, I mean, look, you eliminate the penalties, but you didn't eliminate the mistakes. You know, the missed tackles, uh, the dropped uh, passes, just missed opportunities. So, listen... Um, this was one that they don't want to repeat because it wasn't even the type of effort that even in, in loss that we were accustomed to, see, accustomed to seeing from this giant team. Bad special teams today. Like, really, that's <clears throat> losing football. That That's what was played today. Like, just, you know, when your special teams All right, are, he's going to be bad, at the podium about 15 seconds. blocked um extra points. It's just not good. It looks like Brian Dable is now going to be approaching the podium and addressing the media following his team's 31-18 loss to the Lions. That's right, Lance. Brian Dable just entered the press conference room. You hear Pat Hanlon yelling behind me as he heads to the podium here. The locker room opened in a few minutes. I'll head in there. But in the meantime, let's listen to head coach Brian Dable at the podium. Uh, How's everybody doing? Okay. Uh, Obviously not the outcome that we wanted. Um... It's hard to win a game when you have three turnovers and don't get any. Uh, you know, there's some things we did well, but not good enough. Give Detroit credit um, for the win. A lot of injuries you suffered there on, on what now is going to be a really short week. Mm-hmm. Look, how hard was that to, to get through this game and continually losing guys like that? Yeah, I mean, it happens. It happens in each game. Um, you know, I'll get with the, the trainers after this and, and talk about it and come up with a, a plan on a short week. And um, it's what it is. There's no excuses. I, I don't know, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. No, he looked like he was in a lot of pain. He did. I don't know what the answer. I don't know what it is. I'll find out after I'm done with this. Report already out there that uh, Dory sprained his MCL. Is that accurate? I haven't. I don't know. I haven't talked to any of these guys yet. So. No, I mean, it's. Look, it's football. Um, obviously, it was unfortunate, uh, but we'll see. We'll see where we're at here um, tomorrow and, and later tonight. What specifically did you see them do with Saquon? They just didn't seem to have any. any yeah, work? no, they just did. They they did a good job up front. They went up front, uh, made tackles in space. You know, bottled up the run game pretty good. Um, and, you know, that's obviously a big part of what we do. There's too many. Look, we, we had some we had some plays. We executed, you know, in the red zone some. Third down probably wasn't good enough, 5 of 13. Daniel threw for a lot of yards, but that doesn't really matter relative to, you know, we had two interceptions there. 
I think, what was it, 17 points off of turnovers? You know, if you have three turnovers and the other team has zero, you're probably going to lose every game. What you, what you learn about the win out here, and how does it affect the way you, you call the offense? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a little windy, but there's, no, look, there's no excuses. We didn't do a good enough job. That starts with me. Um, so we got a short week. We got to get ready to go to Dallas. What happened on the, the first interception that came uh, through the, the Hutchinson? One to Hutchinson. He didn't see him. He, he dropped the, in his own pressure. He dropped right into it. He saw Slayton coming across, densely Aiden, and he made a good play on it. Next one was uh, overthrow, you know, that they made the play, and then we turned the ball over there as we were trying to come back on a, on a fumble there. So, you know, put them in good situations for them, 17 points. You know, it's hard to overcome. Why did you take Shane from you out? We wanted to play a Zudu at, the, at half. Shane played it in the first half. Um, I'd just say we'd want to play a Zudu. I think Shane will, Shane will work hard, but, you know, we talked about it. We made the switch there. Why start Shane in the first place? Why start Shane? Because we thought that was the best thing to do relative to practice where we were and um, got some, Zudu some reps here in the second half. Everybody good? You guys have not um, been in a position where you've had to throw the ball so yeah. much with, with a deficit. You know, we, we wondered what is it going to look like. Um, what did you think it looked like? Well, I'd say nothing looked good enough today. Oh, you know, when you lose, you know, I don't, again, we, it doesn't matter about yards, stats, any of that stuff. You know, when you, the only thing that matters is executing the way we need to execute. Um, and just wasn't good enough today. You know, again, it's hard to overcome three turnovers, have a 3-0 differential. It's, I know it's boring, but that's the truth. It's uh, a lot of things we could do better. It starts with me, and that's what we'll do. Other than the turnovers, Brian, what, what disturbed you most about this game? There were you know, a couple penalties that kind of set you guys back, or you know, was there? Was yeah, nothing. Nothing was good enough, Mark. I'd say nothing. Nothing was uh, up to standard. You, you guys, throughout the season, I mean, even in the games you lost. Yeah. It, it, Emotions never really entered a, you know, the following week. You had Monday to move past it and then move in. But with it being a short week, do you want to put more of a focus on this team and the, the emotions of this team to make sure that you guys bounce back this week on a short week? Yeah, I mean, we're going to come in tomorrow and, and get ready for Dallas. That's all we can do. we got to put this one in the rear view pretty quickly. Um, you know, I've... Been part of Thanksgiving games or obviously Thursday games for a while here. That's that's what you got to do. Um, you know, put it to bed and get ready to play Dallas. Can, know, can, can all the injuries that you guys have at all take an emotional toll on the guys that are out there? I mean, you know, they all know next man up, but it's yeah. kind of hurt. Yeah, no, I, I mean, look, you never want to see anybody go down, um, but that's the nature of of the NFL. There's there's injuries every game. Um, you feel bad for the guys that that do go out, uh, but you got to get re ready to play. Noah has been very effective in his career and efficient. Any explanation as to what happened on his two, two PATs? Well, the one got blocked, I think. The first one got blocked, and then there was pressure on the second one, too. Uh, so, got to look, every area we got to do a better job of. How did you see Saquon handle a day that you know didn't go like they normally do for him? Can't, I couldn't hear you. How did you see Saquon handle a day that didn't go as well as they normally do for him? Like a pro, yeah. How did you see uh, Kenny respond this past week to get two catches today? Yeah, no, he did, he did a good job in practice. Um, you know, we were going to play him, and he made the plays that came his way. So we'll try to build off that.
You mentioned earlier about Adori getting hurt and the, 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 the punt return. Yeah. And this is obviously something you guys and the whole coaching staff decided at some point, you know, the risk-reward of everything. Yeah. Um, um, you were asked about regretting it. You said no. But it, it, there is a large risk of a guy who's such an important player in that position. I mean, is it, is it something that, it, that, that was difficult for you to come to this decision? No, I'd say there's a risk at – there's a risk – playing every player regardless of what the position is. I told you before, I mean, I've been part of a lot of teams where starting receivers, starting DBs played. Look, you just try to do what's best for the team. Um, and, you know, hopefully he'll be back as soon as he can. How much do you just, I know there's ebbs and flows of an NFL season. You know, yeah, a lot I'm of sure, them usually. I'm sure you're part of every team you've been, you've kind of, for lack of a better words, laid a dud and played a poor game. Yeah. How much do you as a coach view it that way then say, okay, wait, this is kind of like, this is just our bad game. Let's just throw it away and go to the side. Or well, it's, I think it's a little different too. You got a game in a few days, um, so you got to move on really quickly, Jordan. Other than that, we would do the same thing after a win. We would come in, we would correct it, we'd move on, and um, you know we would do the things we try to do each week to try to win a game. Um, this is the first time you've seen this team play like <clears throat> this, the way that you guys played today. How curious are you to see how these guys respond? Yeah, well, no, they'll respond. I mean, look. There was some good things. There were some bad things, just like there is every game. Again, we're in an outcome results-oriented business. We all understand that. But the things that we do during the week, the work we put in, how we study, that's, that's what's going to, you know, that's what's important to me. Obviously, we want to win every game. Um, but I think you stay consistent. You know, I've talked about this plenty of times. It's, it's easy to, you know, oh, no, what's going on? Like, we're going to be consistent. We're going to go through our our preparation, and then we're going to go out and try to play the best we can play on Thursday. You, you guys obviously have been consistent in your preparation, yeah. but now you've got to challenge the idea of condensing your preparation in a certain amount of time. I know you've put together a plan and how you're yeah. going to do it. Do you tweak anything off of today? Want to focus on something that maybe wasn't necessarily part of your condensed game plan this week, or do you stay consistent to what you guys have already set up? Well, we, we have a, our routine that we're going to do. We're going to do a bunch of walkthroughs. And, um, again, you're going to, you know, go home, look at the tape tonight as a coach, and then you're going to get ready to go to play Dallas. That's all you can do. What is it about Jamal Williams on the other side there that makes him such a force, you know, near yeah. the end zone? Yeah, no, I think they did it. Look, they did a good job. They have 160 yards rushing, um, you know, Efficient in the pass game, 325 yards, 6 of 13 on third down, 4 of 5 in the red zone. They, I'd say overall, they just execute it really well. Okay. All right, guys. See you guys. All right, so that was head coach Brian Dable speaking to the media following the Giants' 31-18 loss to the Lions as the Giants fall to 7-3 on the season as they gear up for a rematch with the Cowboys on Thanksgiving this Thursday. We will step aside, come back. We're going to get some player reaction. We'll delve more into what happened over the course of this contest and why the Giants were put in a position where Daniel Jones had to throw the ball 44 times and drop back 46 times. That's coming up as we move along here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point. You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Brought to you by PSENG. Second and goal at the three. Parker to the right of Jones. Jones takes the snap. Student body right. Jones goes in for the touchdown. Oh, they loaded up that right side. Darius Slayton and company. 
and the big guys just created a wall. And Carl, that looked like the old student body right. The Giants have the lead on Daniel Jones' touchdown run, his fourth of the season. And that was the play of the game brought to you by your local Ford stores. Visit buyfordnow.com, Ford, the official vehicle of the New York Giants. As that came all the way back in the first quarter, Giants did take a 6-3 to lead, but from that point on, it was all Detroit as the Lions topped the Giants 31-18 here at MetLife Stadium. We welcome you back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you. Did you say somebody was at the podium, if I heard correctly? All right, Julian Love is speaking to the media. As of the ball, um, we didn't have that today. And so it's easy to see what happened, why what happened happened, um, because the, the keys that we focus on that Dave's harps on, that's, that's, the, that's the story of a game for us. Um, and so we got to execute that. And it really comes down to fundamentals at the end of the day. And so we got we to gotta pick this stuff up right now. All right, thank you all. All right, Julian Love, short, sweet, and to the point. Timing is everything in life, as you can see here, as we are recapping the Lions topping the Giants 31-18. to A stat that jumps out to me, Bob, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of just the breakdown of this game. The Giants this season, they're 7-0 and when they have at least 30 rushing attempts. They're 0-3 when they don't. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't sum up this season thus far, I don't know what does. Hey, they've got to be able to run the ball. Seattle did a good job of taking away the Daniel Jones... You know, bootlegs and stuff like that, and they were able to limit Saquon Barkley. And uh, you know, Carl made the point during the broadcast; he was surprised that the Giants didn't incorporate that earlier. Maybe it was, and Daniel Jones didn't read it. I'm not really sure, but uh, as Barkley was just getting stymied and stymied, you would have thought that you know Jones going out the other side would have softened it up. Never did, and uh, you know, it almost sounds a little bit like Coach Dable was regretting starting Lemieux at left guard. Yeah, it did sound like that. And then, you know, if the if the RPO was truly the option of Daniel Jones, then I think that's a question we have to have answered from him. Unless, again, you know, they can check with the quarterback up until, you know, I think 15 seconds on the clock or something like that. But if he's coming to the sideline saying, listen, they're not, they're not checking me as I roll out. You've got to have a, a, a presence of mind as quarterback and a feel for the game of how you can get your offense going. And when they load the box, and I've seen it many times when teams run that RPO, it, gets a, it, it can get a defense guessing because now if quarterback keeps it one time, he hands it off, you get these natural seams. He never, at least early on, never put that plan in motion to really take or extract a few people out of the box. Yeah, and, and, even, and even on Breida's touchdown run, at that point, Jones had been running it. Two guys were standing yep. there to see if Jones was going to run, which created enough of an alley for Breida to get in easily. And guys, hold that thought. We actually, speaking of that, have Daniel Jones right now at the podium. Uh, I think we're all... Uh, you know, already anxious to get this taste out of our mouths and, uh, you know, come back and, and play play a much better football game. Was this a game where the things you had done well all season, it was like you weren't, weren't able to do any of them well? Not you personally, but the team. Um, yeah, I mean, I think credit to Detroit. They had a good plan and, and 
you know, stopped us in some some uh, areas that we've had success. So, um, you know, I think uh, credit to them, but uh, we got to look at ourselves and see where we can execute better. So that first interception, could you kind of take us, take us through that and what you saw? Uh, yeah, just got to see him dropping out and can't afford to make that decision. But uh, good play by him and uh, can't afford to do that. How much the injury situation that you guys had today, just kind of people dropping consecutively, how hard is that for you as a, a quarterback and then losing Wandell? Um, yeah, I mean, tough, tough to see him go down. I thought he played really well today and... Um, made some really big plays for us throughout the game and to see him go down like that is is tough and feel for him um but uh yeah we've had guys step up and play well throughout the year so uh, it won't be any different here but uh yeah we all uh, all got his back and supporting him for sure it seems after most games we've seen you guys in the locker room you've been celebrating what was the feeling like today yeah, I mean, we certainly weren't celebrating. It was, uh, you know, I think we're all pretty disappointed with our effort today and how we played and, and uh, you know, not up to our standard, not up to, um, you know, what we're capable of doing. So I think that's the that's the disappointing part of it. And uh, we've got to, you know, evaluate that, study it, and, uh, you know, make sure we, we can't let those things happen again. So uh, another opportunity here in a few days to, to correct those things. Thanks. All right, that was Daniel Jones speaking with reporters following the Giants' 31-18 loss to the Detroit Lions, who have now won three in a row for the first time since weeks 9 through 11 back in 2017. Giants dropping a game after beating the Houston Texans here at MetLife Stadium. With respect to also decisions, you were bringing up, Bob, the decision to put Shane Lemieux in as a starting offensive lineman. Brian Dables also asked about putting a Dory Jackson back as a punt returner who ultimately got hurt with a knee injury. And he said, listen, the bottom line is a guy could get hurt on any given play. Sure. And I can't necessarily dispute that. I don't see what the problem is. Antonio Brown, Carl, if you recall, for years was the Steelers' listen, main punt returner. And he was their top wide receiver. Um, Duvernay. In, in Baltimore. In Baltimore. That's another good one. Yep. If you are, if you have that skill set, you don't you don't go out there thinking you're going to get hurt, because you're a punt returner as well. You're a football player, right? So uh, that's just like saying, why do you run an RPO with uh, Daniel Jones in six five and two hundred and forty pounds? You risk him getting hurt. Well, shouldn't he be throwing the ball? Like, no, we yeah. use his skill set. That's what you do. Like. He was, he was not like the emergency, quote-unquote, punt returner. That would be someone like Darnay Holmes. Adoree Jackson's the punt returner. Like, he will return punts. So you put him back there uh, hoping to give your, your special teams an advantage. And this is a team that has relied on all three phases in each victory this year. So the, he was looking for the advantage. I don't think it was any more of a risk than not. Like, the the tackle was just what it was, you know? Yeah, I mean, listen, the NFL is loaded, loaded with guys present and in the past that were starters at one position. Some teams have used, like, running backs that are, are key components to their running game, uh, part of a rotation, return kicks. I mean, it's, it's as he said, it's football. I, I've never had a problem with it. I mean, with it's you. like, hey, 
you know what? He gives us the best chance. We're going to utilize him, and it's not like he's never done it before. Yep. He did a bunch in his early in his career. Plus, they used him all last game, and nobody seemed to have complaints after exactly. Richie James had a rough go against the Seattle Seahawks prior to the bye. We'll step aside. Plenty more coming up. We'll get some more player reaction from various components of this team and what the Giants can take away and learn from a game in which they had to play catch-up and lean heavily on the passing attack. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you. We return on Pepsi Giants Extra Point right after this. You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Brought to you by PSENG. Bunch formation left with Galladay and Robinson. Jones in a shotgun. Takes the snap. Back to throw. Delivers it right. Completes it. On the run is Slayton up to midfield and finally tackled at the 45-yard line of the Lions. Gain of 24 for Slayton. And Darius Slayton finished with five catches for 86 yards. He's the player of the game brought to you by the members and contractors of local 825 operating engineers, Elec 825, building our future. He did not lead the team in receiving yards. He had done that in each of the previous three contests, but still another productive game for Slayton, who all of a sudden has completely turned things around after he was a healthy scratch back in week one, which seems like it was an eternity ago. As we welcome you back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point, Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you. Lions beat the Giants here at MetLife Stadium 31-18. Speaking of Darius Slayton, our very own John Schmoke caught up with him after the game. All right, we're going to jump in here at the locker of Giants wide receiver Darius Slayton and listen in. Guys that are going to fill those roles, got to be ready to go. And kind of the good thing about it being a short week is you don't have a lot of time to dwell on this. You know, get it get it in and out, flush it, and get ready to go. In terms of the passing game, Darius, how do you think about this game? You guys had more yards than you've had. You've converted a lot of third downs. You moved it, but then you have the turnovers. When you look at the passing game as a whole, how do you evaluate a day like today? Um, it's exactly what you said. I think we moved it pretty well and we, we executed and um, you know threw and caught. But obviously we had some turnovers and penalties that killed us ultimately. You know we had we had drives where we were getting close to the 50 or beyond the 50, and then you back yourself up and you're in first and 18, first and 15, second and 15. It's not great. Now you guys avoid this for the most part this year, but do you feel like in some ways you guys beat yourselves between the takeaways and the penalties? For sure. I mean, I think that's one thing we've done great, actually, is, is not turn the ball over and not have these penalties that back us up, and that's how you play productive offense. But, you know, obviously today we, we weren't as sharp on that. Well, I think, I guess, what happened today that maybe you guys weren't as sharp as was it just a matter of it finally catching up with you? Um, no, I think some of it is just like, it's just football, you know? And it's like sometimes untimely stuff, like... <laughs> If you happen to have two penalties back-to-back, it's like, well, if there was one on this drive and one on another drive, it's not that big of a deal. But back-to-back, now it's second and 20. So, you know, I think it just was uh, it's unfortunate. On that first interception, did you see, uh, it seemed like Hutchinson kind of caught Daniel by surprise. Did you see that he was coming up there? Yeah, he caught me by surprise, too. You know, I, I uh, obviously I had vision on that side of the field as I was going across, and I seen the linebackers vacate, probably as DJ did, and thought it was wide open, but... He jumped back and made a great play. You know, that's not easy to do for a defensive end to reach up and grab it like that. So, kudos to him. That's Darius Slayton. And that was Darius Slayton responding to some questions about the offensive production. He was referring to, of course, Aiden Hutchinson, who had the pick off of Daniel Jones and then also recovered a fumble. So, Hutchinson, very productive game. He was responsible for two of the three Lions takeaways. 
you saw why Hutchinson was the second overall pick in the draft because, yeah, it was his own blitz, and Daniel Jones didn't see him. But we have to look at what Aiden Hutchinson did because he faked as if he was rushing, not just with a shoulder flinch. He actually took two steps, and then his athleticism and his explosion, he peeled back into that passing lane, and then he leapt up and caught the ball. I mean, that was a brilliant play. That that was one where, you know, it was a, obviously it was a costly turnover for the Giants, but that was one where you almost say to yourself, you kind of got to tip your cap to him. Like, that was a sick athletic play. Jones' second interception, he sails the ball over Cager. Uh, you know, that was a bad throw. But that first interception, I mean, there's a reason why that guy was taken second overall. Sure. He's got a lot of special athletic ability, and, and that's going to happen. I mean, these are the best football players on the planet that have gone through the funnel of putting pads on for the first time when they were 9 or 10 years old and have made it to this level. So that's one of those where you kind of sit there and you say, like, all right, you know, that, that's just a hell of a play. Like Justin Jefferson's catches last week. I mean, at some point you just say, all right, that guy's awesome. You okay, tip your cap. You tip your cap and, you know, we'll go get him next time. And I think what we also learn from a game like this, and listen, the NFL is defined by competitive balance. It really doesn't matter who you go up against. We see so many one-score games. But you come into this game, Bob, what was the big narrative? Well, look at the Lions' defensive statistics. They're dead last or second to last in pretty much every major statistical category. So you figure, okay, maybe this could be a game where the Giants actually fully capitalize and take advantage. But you throw turnovers in there. You throw the mental mistakes that Darius Slayton was talking about. That, to me, is the greatest equalizer doesn't matter then how bad the opponent you're going up against because you're going backwards and they're going to capitalize and take full advantage of those mistakes. Yeah, and penalties. I mean, you know, you got a chance to get off the field. And Shane Zimenez, you can't yep. hit the quarterback in the face mask, and we all know that. So instead of getting off the field and getting the ball back, um, you know, the drive is aiding and abetted because that came on third down. You know, little things like that add up. And, again, the Giants don't – you know, other than Saquon Barkley, they don't have a great eraser where you could just, you know, throw a slant to a guy and next thing you know it's an 80-yard touchdown. Um, and listen, to me, forget about those forget, – you know, not forget about the mistakes. You never forget about the mistakes. But to me, the biggest part of this game was the Giants got whipped up front. They got whipped up front on both sides of the ball. And their offensive line from that very first series when Saquon ran into a wall and Daniel Jones got sacked – and they were just getting spun around and spit out. And that was a bad sign early in this game. And, you know, they nobody in the media, or at least in the part that we heard, I'm still curious as to why those naked bootlegs with Daniel Jones weren't incorporated earlier in the game, especially as Barkley was struggling. And it certainly looked like the Lions were, like, really overloading on wherever the ball was going with Barkley. And we could see it from up here because we're right at the 50-yard line. There was a couple times where Jones – you know, ran out the fake of the boot, and there were no Lions there. And I'll take my chances with Daniel Jones against one person on that on that offside. But, may, hey, listen, maybe they're going to go back and look at the tape, and maybe, you know, maybe they're going to, however they graded or however they called it or whatever decisions, who was to make what, maybe they're going to look back and say, man, we really missed an opportunity here. Happens. You brought up playing the trenches. Let's switch gears to the Giants' defensive line. Dexter Lawrence having a career year. We caught up with him after the game. We're at the locker of Dexter Lawrence. 
when you keep losing guys like that, does that make that communication part of it that much harder? Uh, I mean, everybody that played this week played last week. Um, so it's just like we just got to be, you know, be more tuned in on our keys and doing our job. I jumped in late, Dexter. I'm sorry. What do you guys have to do better in the run game, defending against the run when you headed to Dallas on Thursday? Um, just everybody playing their gaps, um, up front getting knocked back, and, you know, just continue to play hard and, you know, just everybody getting to the ball. Dexter, you guys have lost games this season. Is this, um, does this one feel a little different, you know, the way you guys were not really in it in the fourth quarter? Uh, I won't say I won't say it was different. Um, they made more plays than us. Uh, you know, we kept fighting. Um, unfortunately, it didn't go our way, uh, and you know it happens. You concerned with the quick turnaround and so many guys getting hurt? Uh, no, um, no. I tell guys just, you know, take care of your bodies. You know, you like to have quick turnarounds. So you let this game go, um, and you get to make up for it on Thursday. That's Dexter Lawrence. Okay, so Dexter Lawrence talking about the team's struggles against the run. We'll step aside. When we come back, we'll get into that trend that has reared its ugly head a bit over the course of these first 10 games. When we come back, we'll delve into the NFL Week 11 scoreboard. A lot of other action around the league. Plenty of games currently in progress. And we'll also look ahead to the matchup against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Hang tight. More of Pepsi Giants Extra Point coming up right after this. You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, brought to you by PSENG. And let's take you through the NFL Week 11 scoreboard. A number of games currently in progress. Second quarter, it is the Broncos in front of the Raiders, 10-6, as Derek Carr just hooked up with Devontae Adams for a touchdown as this game a rematch from one earlier in the season. They have just finished the first quarter. The Cowboys lead the Vikings 10-3. It's the Bengals 10, Steelers 3 in the first quarter. Joe Burrow with a touchdown pass in that one. He's 5-7 of for 86 yards. Everything else went final earlier today. The Falcons outlasted the Bears 27-24. It was the Bills 31, Browns 23, so Buffalo snapped. A two-game skid as the Bills ran for over 170 yards on the ground. 86 and a touchdown from Devin Singletary. Jalen Hurts' late rushing score lifted the Eagles over the Colts 17-16. So Philly bounces back from its first loss of the season, improving to 9-1. The Jets lost a heartbreaker to the Patriots 10-3. Marcus Jones returned the punt 84 yards for the go-ahead score with five seconds left in the game. Andy Dalton's three touchdown passes Lifted the Saints over the Rams 27-20. It was the Ravens 13, Panthers 3. Lamar Jackson with a late rushing score. And the Commanders rolled over the Texans 23-10. Antonio Gibson with 72 rushing yards and another efficient performance from Taylor Heineke. That was the NFL in action. It was brought to you by Bigelow T. Grab a mug and tea proudly as we welcome you back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow with you. Recapping the Lions 31-18 victory over the Giants as the Giants now fall to 7-3. and three. Right before we stepped aside, we were talking about the play in the trenches, how that really defined this game, especially with the Lions' success on the ground. And we've seen Baltimore and Dallas have strong rushing attacks against the Giants' defense previously this season, so that continues that issue, and it's not going to get any easier considering they're going to see Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard come Thursday. Speaking of the defensive side of the ball, Adoree Jackson got hurt on a punt return. 
He had an opportunity to speak with us after the Giants lost. Let's listen in. We're going to jump in here at the locker of Dory Jackson after the game. Could be or not bad. Um, being able to walk off, um, I'm just you know thankful that it could have been worse. Um, so that's just my whole thought process right there. That um, it's a blessing and everything. Um, so to be able to be able to walk off, or whatever it may be, um, whatever the case is, just get back, get treatment, get healthy, strengthen everything up, and get ready uh, for the rest of the season. Jax is a deal where he got the, they got you in the knee and hyperextended a little bit. Um, yeah, that's all it was. Just one of the things I tried to make a juke. Thought it was good. He came down low. Leg was just in the ground. He got me that way. Nothing crazy like that. You know what I'm saying? So, I was just out there playing ball. Adore, you had five guys get knocked out of the game today by injury and the quick turnaround for Thanksgiving down in Dallas. I mean, how many more injuries can you guys sustain? Next man up can only go so far. Right. You know, for us, that's what you know this whole season's been about. Understanding that even when you get all these reps in uh, OTAs or in camp, you know, making sure everybody's on the same page and we bring new people in, making sure that we're all on one accord. And like I said, next man up mentality, um, just got to be ready, ready to go, regardless of the situation, what may play out. Um, just keep fighting, keep battling, and don't let the level of play drop. What can you say about the guys that had to step in for you and Fabian today? Uh, I appreciate them. And, you know, I like what they put out there and like what they do. Um, you know, it's whenever one of those things where you just, think something crazy like that's going to happen. But when it does, go out there and play your game and play ball. And I feel like they did a great job. Obviously, um, we didn't get the W today. Um, just get ready for this Thursday and try to put everything together. How do you approach the short week? Or do you try to forget about this? Or, or do you really chew on what happened to, to try to get it right? Oh, uh, you got to. You got to forget about it. But at the same time, you know, keep that taste in your mouth a little bit. I understand you don't like you know, how it ended up. You know, the guys came out to play. was going crazy, uh, making plays um, for us. I mean, you can't harp on it for too long because we're playing three days. And so I guess you soak in and think about this for not even 24 hours. You know, for the rest of the day, watch a little film on, on Dallas whenever um, they get done playing, and then go from there. You guys have been That's so Adore Jackson. And the player press conferences are brought to you by MetLife, the official insurance company of the New York Giants. So Dory Jackson suffering a knee injury. We'll get to the injury report a little bit later on on the program. The Lions didn't really have to test the Giants too much through the air as Jared Goff threw 165 yards. It was really the run defense. The Lions pounded the ball 37 times for 160 yards, and it was Justin Jackson, it was Jamal Williams, it was DeAndre Swift. It really was a mixture of three different runners. Even Goff got involved, too, a little bit, but that's the Lions' M.O. They have been known to lean on the run game from start to finish. Going back to some of their earlier games, you look at what they did against the Chicago Bears, and they pretty much continued that recipe today. And I think that's the big question here moving forward with respect to their upcoming games as they're going to go up against four divisional foes is Carl Banks and John Schmelker here with me. Carl, I was talking about the run defense, the fact that we've seen issues in the first matchup against Dallas. We saw these issues against Baltimore, if you remember, when Kenyon Drake had a very strong game, and you see it against Detroit, and now you're going to go up against Dallas. Washington is defined based on the run, and we know what Philadelphia can do. You know, that seems to be an issue that they're going to have to shore up because they're going up against opponents that lean on that facet. Yeah, and you know what? And I think if you watch the NFL, all of these teams have similar problems, right? Whether they're ranked the top against the run or – 25th it's the second level defenders the linebackers have got to be able to fit we're gone from the days of 
downhill linebackers, right? Thumpers. But you have to have guys that can fit where they're supposed to and find the football. The Giants have struggled with that. They got better for a little while. And depending on the opponent, which this opponent knew, that if you get to the second level <clears throat> on Jalen Smith, on um, McFadden, McFadden um, Crowder, Tate Crowder yeah. Belton, whoever's in they there. can't get off blocks in North. Do they fit in holes where they can just clog it? Yep. So you see that and you say, okay, they don't have anybody that can, you know, you're, once you get past the Giants' front line, depending on what week it is, you're going to have a big day. You know, I don't want to jump to something else, Lance. You talk about the run games coming up. I think, to me, the bigger issue is you're facing your best crop of wide receivers that you faced all year coming up. You're going to have CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup's healthy now. You have Terry McLaurin for Washington, who's an excellent player. Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown. And who are your starting cornerbacks coming up the next couple of games yeah. now with Adoree Jackson out and Fabian Moreau, Moreau out? Yeah, rib injury. You have Holmes, guys like Nick McLeod. Xavier McKinney's still not playing, too, either, by the way. So you're going to have a makeshift yeah. secondary against some well, pretty capable passing yeah. attacks. And eventually it catches up with you. The injuries do. You know, you go next man up until the next man up is not. Adoree Jackson. Right. You know, <laughs> um, that's something they're going to have to contend with. But just from a from a effort standpoint, this team was constructed uh, to play a certain way. Right. And when your special teams gave you negative contributions, your defense um, gave you negative contributions, meaning the penalties that kept drives alive or the missed tackles that kept drives alive against a team that, you know, I'm giving Detroit a lot of credit because they scrap and they take every piece on on the plate. If it drops on the floor, they're going to die for it and get it. You had to know that going in at the energy level of the Detroit Lions, you were going to have to match it and then some. And you were going to have to be really good, almost perfect, what you do. But they didn't. And you could see every opportunity that Detroit got, they took advantage of it. The Giants could never get in a rhythm to take advantage of their own opportunities. And one of the things that, you know, John was in our ear talking, I was talking about it is, you have a team that said, we're going to legislate against the run. And the Giants says, okay, we're just going to keep running it and we're going to keep losing yards. But yet every time they handed the ball off to Saquon Barkley, um, Daniel Jones would run out to fake on the RPO. To try to get them to. No one was ever there. No one was ever there, right? So when they finally ran it, it was fine. They got yards, right? But what it does is when you want to make a team uh, focus defending 11 on 11, you you pull that ball and keep it some. And that keeps your offense on track. It keeps your offense on rhythm because now you got two people out of the box. It's a fair fight for Saquon in the five linemen, right? But if you got, if you, if you got eight, nine in the box, it's not a fair fight. And you run out and you look and there's nobody there, well, if you take the ball and you hit that one or two times for 15 yards, that box is going to loosen up. 
you have, you have, they have to adjust. Yeah. You have to have a counter. When the other yeah. team decides to stop your primary run game, right. you have to have a counter. Whether especially when you have a viable correct. counter. And especially when your team all year long has not been the team that's going to throw balls 20, 30 yards correct. down the field to make sure those safeties are deep. So you have to do it a different way, yep. and it's been Daniel Jones. Now, their last two opponents, Carl, the Seahawks and the Texans, did a great job of taking that away. Well, they with that weak side defensive it. end. Right. right. But, but the Lions did, do did for, not do that today. Right. And when the Texans took that away, Saquon made the Correct. difference running because they had to they had to allocate bodies on the edge to make sure it Daniel Jones didn't keep the football. So And you also had key third down conversions through the air last week too. Yeah, well, here's the other thing. We've talked about this all year that on the outside of the Giants offensive line, when Evan Neal's healthy, they're fine. It's been the interior. It's been the interior. It's been the interior. They were able to run the football. That's why they weren't exposed. In the games that they get exposed, it's normally in the pass game. It's through the interior of their line. And Shane Lemieux, um, <clears throat> he's got some work to do. You know, he's they, they beat up on him pretty good today. From the beginning play, they took it to him. First play. And yeah. I'm sure they had that in mind, knowing this of was course. his first game back. Of you know, clearly, the Lions are scouting. Plus, speaking of that call, remember, you look at the upcoming schedule. You were bringing up, John, the wide receivers. Look at who they're getting on the interior oh, coming boy. up. John, Jonathan of, Allen, Javon yeah, Hargrave. Payne, sure. You know, the Eagles just brought in Lidville Joseph and Dominican Sue. It's not going to get any easier. Yeah, listen, um, but they have to just play to their profile. They did not play to their profile. Um, they've been outmatched before. Um but we know this is coming down the stretch is a tough part of their schedule. And we've said this before, Carl. If you're Patrick Mahomes and you're minus two or three in turnover ratio, all right, yeah. well, you know, you hit a couple guys for 50-yard games, exactly. you're fine. Exactly. Giants ain't that. Giants ain't that. Nor if they could, even if they could be that, they couldn't protect long enough Correct. for it to be that. So. Well, and we'll step aside when we come back. I want to actually get to the reliance on turnovers, specifically when it comes to the red zone and when it's not there, how that also makes a big difference. Well, Make then sure... that's going to be you and John because I'm going to step out now. Fair enough. Okay. Right. This has been fun. We appreciate your service, no, I Carl. Appreciate there you go. Pl- Carl, we'll yes. see you in Dallas for Thanksgiving. Yes, we'll have some turkey in the press box. And we will try not to fall asleep before halftime. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving along, make sure to download the ASAP app to get all of your game day needs in and out of the stadium. Use code GIANTS22 to score free delivery tickets, autographed items, and more. ASAP.com is the official mobile ordering partner of the New York Giants. We will step aside. Giants fall to the Lions 31-18 here at MetLife Stadium as the Giants now 7-3, getting set for four straight games within the division. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, brought to you by PSENG. This is Saquon Barkley, and you're listening to Giants Football on the Fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. First to goal to nine. Jones takes the snap, back to throw, retreats to the pocket, fires it left to a crosser, completes it for Richie James for the touchdown. And that was today's scoring drive of the game. It is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Citizens is made ready for Giants fans. Six plays, 75 yards in a minute 50. It was the final score of the game as the Lions topped the Giants 31-18 here at MetLife Stadium. We 
Welcome you back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, John Schmelke with you. Recapping what transpired here in Week 11. We'll also look ahead to the matchup with the Dallas Cowboys. Let's run you through some other notable statistics. Earlier we went through the rushing numbers for both sides. The team stats is what really tells the story in a game like this. And the stats are brought to you by Pepsi. Giants watching is better with Pepsi, the official soft drink of the New York Giants. The red zone differential. Huge X-factor in this contest. The Lions, 4 of 5. The Giants were 3 for 3, but the fact that Detroit was able to jump out to an early lead, the three touchdowns didn't necessarily hold much weight. How about eight penalties for the Giants, seven of which came in the first half? That was a killer in terms of taking away from the offensive flow. And then you look at third down. Lions, 6 of 13. The Giants were 5 of 13. So not a huge difference there, but the Lions, they were also able to avoid a lot of third downs if you go back and look at their drives because there were a few where it was just first and second downs and charging up and down the field and then, of course, punching it in. A lot of play action, Lance, on first yep. and second down for those little. We talked about it this week, right, Jared Goff play action. We talked about it on the on the pregame. Play action on early downs, those crossers over the middle. All day on early downs in this game. Well, we were talking about the 20-plus yard plays, and it's not necessarily bombs down the field. It's yeah. dumping it off to the running back. It's utilizing the wide receivers. I mean, they had they had completions of around 15 yards. That's kind of where they live. The Giants did a good job tackling, by the way. Not a lot of yards after the catch on those plays, but they still got a bunch of those completions in that intermediate range. And it didn't help that you have three turnovers, two of which short in the field, well, and that Dable leads to a pair it. of touchdowns. He said that yeah. in the postgame presser. You turn over three times, you get no takeaways, you're not going to win. And I want to get to something else on the turnover front, but first, speaking of... The offensive production, Saquon Barkley, we had an opportunity to speak with after the game, and let's listen into what he had to say. What's the primary key for you to be able to do that with a quick turnaround, knowing you have to go to Dallas on Thursday? Move on quick, putting the pass. That's the only way you can to show week. I guess there's beauty in it, you know, playing awful game, or especially have a, uh, you know, not a great game statistically, and you know, they get the run game going. Uh, the best way to get over that is by moving on and playing another game. How much of it all do you think this team's confidence is shaken from having a game like today? Zero. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the NFL. <clears throat> you know, every team's a great team. Uh, they came out here, they played great. We're not gonna panic. We're not gonna worry. Uh, we're not gonna waver at all. And, that's for you guys to go out there and see what you want to say about us at the end of the day. The only focus we have is the man and woman in our home and in the facility. Saquon, you really have a team. What's your question? Is your question just talking about the house? Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of drives where we were driving um, and had penalties. and There's little things. That's what it all comes down to. That's just the, the theme of today. But, that's in every win and every loss. You can say that every week. And, um, whatever team executes better, whatever team do a little thing better, a little thing better is most likely going to come out the win. Um, and, you know, we got to move on. How much How much does this offense change when you can't run the ball consistently? Um, I don't know. I don't, think it, I don't think it really changes. I think that's for any team in the league. If you're not running the ball well, um, you know, you're going to pass the ball. Uh, I guess that's just the answer there. Uh, if the run game not going, you, know, you kind of, Tied one hand behind your back, and you got to pass the ball. Uh, so that's why it's important for myself uh, to get this, this run game game back on track. And the best way to do that is 
It's moving on and getting ready for Thursday. You very often will be chipping away, you know, maybe getting two or three yard games or you'll pop one. We'll be kind of waiting for that to happen all day today. No, we're waiting on to pop a, a long run. Uh, <clears throat> when you get that mindset, they're not going to come. Uh, I was trying to take what they give me. Um, try to focus on taking the little runs, taking little runs, and when the opportunity comes, uh, make them pay. I didn't make them pay at all today. You know, I gave credit to all those boys over there and, and the D coordinator. They did a really good job. Saquon, is there any kind of mental toll when guys go down with the frequency that guys did in this game? You know, the offensive line, a lot of guys went down, Wondell went down. You know, I know you guys are used to it, but there was a lot in this game. Yeah, there was a lot. I mean, you really, to be honest, you really don't realize it until after the game. Um, you know, you're, you're so caught up in the game. Uh, but then you find out, you know, the, the, the guys are going going down. But it's the NFL. You know, there's got to be a, a next next man up mentality. But uh, you know, the guys that went down, and for you know, a guy like Wondell, who's young, got a young career and still a bright future. Um, you know, he's having having a heck of a day. Um, and <clears throat> all the other guys, you know, just got to keep your head up, and uh, we got to make sure we rally around them and support them. How big a loss is that, Wondell? Looks like he was in a lot of pain, but if sometime at the very at the very least. Yeah, I don't know the extent of the injury, but um, anytime you see one of your brothers go down, it's um, it doesn't it's not a good feeling. Um, you know, that's just part of the game, sadly. Uh, <clears throat> you know, if you play it long soft, enough. So how how much do you guys sort of need so today? Yeah, we, we know how explosive he can be. We know the plays that he can make. Um, so you know, like I said, I don't know the extent of injury, but not having him out there is definitely going to be a loss. But uh, just gonna give other guys opportunities, and you know we have all the confidence in all the other guys too. Step in the place. Saquon Barkley. All right, so Saquon Barkley bringing up the fact that they did not have many long explosive runs. Daniel Jones actually had the longest run today of 15 yards. Saquon's longest run was four, and that's a big reason why the Lions put the Giants in a position where they had to throw the football. Giants football brought to you by your local Ford stores. For great deals on the full lineup, visit buyfordnow.com. Ford, the official vehicle of the New York Giants. We were talking about takeaways earlier, and... The Giants coming into this game, three takeaways in the red zone. They had two against the Texans. They had one against the Jaguars when Travis Etienne lost control of the ball. And I don't want to take anything away, John, from the Giants' defense, but when you look at the red zone defense, I think part of that was they were opportunistic. Sure. And they've been able to come up with stops. You saw today when they don't get those opportunistic plays and you're going up against a very efficient red zone offense, you see the complete opposite end of the spectrum. So I just wonder... How does this defense operate when they're not nearly as opportunistic as they've been? And I'm not just talking about the red zone in general. Overall, over the course of the season, you know, they've been pretty steady in that department. What happens when you play a clean game? Can you overcome those things? Well, look, Lance, and we've talked about this before. I think I mentioned it when you threw it down to me before Dable's press conference. The Giants have been great this year on defense. And I use the word great because they've been top 10 in scoring defense. That's very, very good. Top third, top quarter of the league, depending on what week you want to look at, right? But they've been there not because of their yardage metrics. This team gives up yards. They're ranked around 20, I think coming into this game, 20th in in the league in terms of yards allowed uh, per game. It's been their third down defense heading into this game, second in the league, about 30% conversion, right, if I'm not mistaken. Red zone, they're about 40% conversion, also second best in the league. They've been effective and be, and have stayed in the top 10 because they've been so good situationally. Now, Wink has been asked about this during the week. We, we've heard him at the press conference. He says, yeah, that's what I want to do. I don't care about yards. But the question you ask 
how sustainable is that to just be so good at those small aspects of the game? Can that make up for allowing teams to get into the red zone more than you want them, to move the ball more than you want them to? You know what I mean? So I think that's the question you ask is now – can they get back to it and get back to what they're doing on third down and red zone? Or are we going to see some regression to the mean in those categories to reflect more of their overall defensive performance rather than what they're doing in those situations? Because that's what happened today. You know, yardage-wise, they gave it, what, 350 in this game, something like well, that? Even Three, less than that, 325. 325. Yeah. The Giants actually outgained the Lions in this game. Now, a lot of that's garbage time at the end when they're up yeah. three scores, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But it's not like the Lions were marching 80-yard drives all over the place. No, and they had some short fields too. Right, so. but what yeah. happened when they did drive? the ball he scored touchdown so that's something I think to watch these next few weeks can the Giants get back to being so good on third down in the red zone which is really what's carried their defense this year because you look at it and I know we got the break and we have to wrap up the network but if you really ask somebody that's watched this defense individually what are they great at like are they great at stopping the run no do they have great cover guys one-on-one in the secondary? No, but they, you know, Adoree's good and Fabian Murrow's been better than I think a lot of people thought he was going to be. You know, so what are they great at? Well, they're great in those, in the key situations they come up big. Can they get back to that for the rest of the season? That's going to determine how well this defense plays the next few weeks against some very tough opponents. Yeah, opponents have had 39 opportunities in the red zone in 10 games. I mean, that's an average of about four per contest. And to the Giants' credit, coming into today, they allowed 13 touchdowns. Now that number has all of a sudden increased to 17. And one of the good things they've been really good at, by the way, is shouldn't give credit for this. They do not allow a lot of big plays. Limiting the explosive plays. Through the plays. air. Big yeah. plays over the top through the air. They have not given up a lot of those this year. But most teams have used those explosive plays to get in the red zone, and then they have certainly shored up some of their issues. And on the flip side, on offense, the question is, if it comes to a flow situation like today, where you're playing from behind, you can't pound the football, and Daniel Jones throws 44 times, can you find ways to win games? And not make the mistakes like turnovers that will cost you. And those usually increase when you put the ball in the air X amount of times. Well, stick with us if you're listening to us on The Fan in New York. We're going to be right back with more post-game coverage, but it's time to say goodbye to the affiliates on our radio network and on the Giants digital platforms. Final score once again, Lions 31, Giants 18. Detroit makes it three wins in a row for the first time since 2017. The Giants drop to 7-3 overall. You've been listening to Giants football on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, brought to you by PSENG. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.